0: Hello, you found Rebirth, a podcast about women saving lives by living their own. My name is Kate Brenton, and I have been fascinated with people's stories since I was very little. Today, I am having a little chat with you about perception, wily thing, perception. I share a few stories with you about how I recently am stumbling into... The multitude of universes that people are right now and how we can be standing Right next to someone and it appears that we're occupying the same space, but alas we are two totally divergent realities right next to each other I'm also talking to you today a little bit about sovereignty and I share an Ellen Bass poem with you I love her. I hope you enjoy the poem. I hope you enjoy the talk today. I feel like there is no greater time than now to be the best you and claim what you are here to do. Um, I do have openings for mentorship. You know, the coaching world, people are like, what is the difference between coaching and mentorship? And I feel that when I work with my clients, we enter into a space together and we go through layers the first month to the second month is always a major change where they start to realize oh this is what i'm really here for they get we set an attention we map out the journey we talk we have mindful practices we do a little bit of discovery to peel back the layers and then the idea is the thing that works is you have a space and a witness and a guide for you to hear yourself I've had clients um, change their work schedule, have breakthroughs with their family, reintegrate after early motherhood. It's just a good time if you feel like you need support or you're ready to crack through. It's a good time to to investigate that. So you can send me a message at KateBretton.com. And in December, we're going to have a small group coaching Journey. You can also message me about that. You can just send me a direct email, kate at katebranton.com. Thank you so much for listening. Um, If you enjoy Rebirth, help support our stories by liking and subscribing wherever you enjoy listening. Share with a friend or hop onto our anchor homepage, easily found at katebranton.com, and become a Rebirth supporter. One cup of good coffee helps bring inspiration and beauty right to your ears. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening and sharing your time. Hi, family. Thanks for tuning in. It's nice to uh, have you here. I want to begin with a poem. It's by Ellen Bass, who happens to also be a native of Philadelphia. And the title is Any Common Desolation. Any common desolation can be enough to make you look up at the yellowed leaves of the apple tree the few that survive the rains and frosts shot with late afternoon sun. They glow a deep orange gold against a blue so sheer a single bird would rip it like silk. You may have to break your heart, but it isn't nothing to know even one moment alive. The sound of an oar in an oar lock or a remnant animal tearing grass The smell of grated ginger the ruby neon of the liquor store sign warm socks. You remember your mother, her precision, a ceremony, as she gathered the white cotton, slipped it over your toes, drew up the heel, turned the cuff. Breath can uncoil as you walk across your own muddy yard, The Big Dipper pouring night down over you and everything you dread, all you can't bear dissolves and like a needle slipped into your vein, that sudden rush of the world. Highly recommend Ellen Bass's poetry That. Remembrance and rush of presence um, for me is one of her trademarks. And um, the metaphors that make us uncomfortable is what I love her for that it doesn't always have to be clean. Because life isn't clean. You know, I was writing recently and I was talking about, you know, waking the brilliance within, and then I I'm so sorry for those of you that aren't parents. I know I talk about a toddler a lot, but I am sort of flabbergasted by this section of creature (laughs) and, um, I'm getting to see up close, like the wild innocence and the like peculiar cruelty that these little innocent beings can kind of pop up with. Like, what would it be like if I hit you with this, (laughs) you know? Um, Or, you know, what would it be to squash this thing? You know, and I am intrigued by that because I feel like there has been this story that if we perform, if we make right action, if we control, we can quell the messy beast that is life and death and pain and suffering that will never happen life is a polarity and so our perception I think can cultivate you know on my I'm famous for really um giving you guys quotes from like really profound places like on my tea (laughs) and there was a, a quote It was Emily Dickinson, and it was, you know, um, beauty is not created. It just is. It just is. It's effulgent. It takes up space. It may not have merit or measurable value, yet it demonstrably changes its environment. And I feel like Ellen Bass's invitation is a great reminder for us about that shock of the blue sky because we're actually in the season of this poem on the East Coast right now. You know, like the leaves are almost gone and that shock of blue and the gold and that those colors are actually the colors of the tree. And we see them because the chlorophyll is pulling back that light producing process Remember when you wrote about it in third grade, a photosynthesis is withdrawing and we see the shocking brilliance of the tree. It doesn't turn that color. The green is withdrawn to show the color right before the death. I'm not altogether comfortable with death, but I want to be, which is why I'm bringing it up. Plus, that is the season that we're in, right? If, if depending on when you're listening to this podcast, but you know, fall to winter, we are all in seasons. Like there's seasons, even if people say, "Oh, there's no seasons there." Well, I've lived places where other people from marked seasons would say, "Oh, there's no seasons there." It's like, well, then you're not paying attention to the subtle rhythm of life because there is an exhale and there is an inhale. There is creation. There is destruction and there's a period of sustenance. You know, like you pull the weeds, plant the seeds, that kind of thing. It grows. The plant cannot bear fruit all year round. Okay, so that was my little discourse on reminding us that we aren't in control. But that's part of the grandeur, actually, of it. And one of the antidotes is recognizing the beauty that just is. We're in living in the time of fact-checked and no, I know it's like not even a soft switch of gears, but I don't think they're unrelated. And um, this whole fact-checking thing really is, Well, I can't say it's really bothering me because I'm withdrawing deeply from social media and the realm of uh, protecting my nervous system um, and choosing not to just, you know, brutalize myself with uh, shock. So that would be my one thing. If you're on your phone all the time, you know, you might want to just check in with your nervous system. But I I, I appreciate listening to the podcast. Um, But this idea of like being fact-checked, and what is true I'm gonna tell you a little story so um I was listening to this talk uh it was it was nestled into a um I'm gonna say a university course which is true but I'm not enrolled in the university so I don't know the correct way to be transparent about that so it would be like a university level course I think I'm new to this like idea of like skill sharing where you can like get a university professor to teach you things, you know, I'm kind of, so that's what it was. And, um, they were talking about how in, the, in, in the context was business development for creative thinking. And they were talking about how, you know, they made a reference like, well, in, in neurology tells us that the brain may not actually register information if it feels that it will create more stress or trauma so kind of what they were saying is if if you aren't willing to approach business in a way that like failure is a way to learn then you may be missing opportunities because you're playing it so safe you're not willing to think outside of the box or you know take a different approach of like how to find solutions it was a really interesting talk And I liked it so much that I thought, okay, well, I'm not really being able to interact widely with my clients and people that I, you know, in ways that I think I can help um, because of my limited geography. And I was like, okay, so my um, English-trained brain, meaning like English teacher, English Student of um, in literature and that kind of thing thought like okay, well I've seen this when I've worked holistically with clients in different places about how our perception can color what we can see in front of us even if it comes into to physical healing. So this would be really cool to get more neurological terms that everyone would agree with through a conversation based on a physical experience. And I'm since I'm not sharing physical space with people currently thought it was a really cool adventure i happen to probably not surprisingly know a couple of people that uh teach mindfulness in different capacities different levels have been trained to different degrees and i thought okay basically like as a time hack why don't i just send a quick little message to a couple people that i know that teach this and say like hey this is the sentence that i heard i was really excited i'd like to increase my lexicon i would love to learn more about the ideas um behind this in neurology and educate myself and do you have a book you could recommend that was my question one person heard so I copied and pasted the same um message and it started with a compliment something to the end of like I know this is your realm of expertise and um one person was like uh not was like that one person said something to the effect of "Your." Your message was poetic. I really love, enjoy the way you write. I think you're addressing this. And she named this specific symptom. Then she said, I uh, have you ever read this book? She gave me a book. And if not, circle back around, you know, kudos sort of to you. Like fun project, you know, great. Another person responded to me, same language. Um, that I apparently was looking for confirmation bias and that based on my social media algorithm, I had made choices to solicit feedback from people who would confirm my perspective and that he, this person was going to give me the benefit of the doubt that I wasn't intentionally doing this, thus in the nature of subconscious bias, um, but would carve out time for me to figure out <clears throat> a book that might serve. And I thought, okay, we are living in a wild time that literally my same sentences could be received so differently from two different people. And I began became, became curious about this invitation that the same words could be seen so different from two people Although they clearly, you know, they're two different people. They're both in the mindfulness uh, vertical. And I thought about how many people I have had on the podcast recently, and they all are telling us the same thing. The answers are within. No one else has the answers for you. Your answers are within. Had I had gone to those two people with a sensitive topic which I wouldn't have addressed that way just that wouldn't have been my nature and I and I hadn't just been like I'm just looking for a starting point of a book to start to educate myself because I don't have that much time right now to read um you know I was just trying to like kind of shoot what is that saying like shoot from the hip or I don't even think that's accurate I'm not not sure I I was just trying to save time basically and find books that I could educate myself so I would speak um you know with some sense of authenticity on the topic. And it asked me this this divergent perspective had me kind of sit and go, okay, you know, what kind of reality am I creating? Because that's where we're at, where people it, people in 2020 now are so stressed by any of the plethora of topics. I mean, what which which bin, is, you know, what, what, what bin of content is affecting you? You know, uh, family, health, income, um, politics. Like, every area of life has something that can be quite disastrous to the psyche. So much so, and then if you, depending on how much external information and how intense it is in your own personal life, it can really compound to the fact that the amygdala, is just like we're in code red (laughs) and it's not taking any information from a neutral perspective. So I thought, okay, the, I thought I understood, you know, going within, but it's not enough now to just go within. You have to be willing to stand inside of yourself with assuredness of your own clarity without expectation of it being vetted or understood by the person standing next to you, whether you are standing in your home or in your grocery store. Now, I believe that to be deeply true. At the same time, I utterly know that we're all interconnected. So thus is the trickiness of being human right now. I'm not saying this is new information. I'm just saying that this is um, at a level of clarity and um, I think intensity is really the word I want to say that, that I've, I've never lived through, that I have to be exquisitely clear on what is true and right for me while doing so in a way that perpetuates the kindness, compassion, and inclusivity of the interconnectedness of life. Because I am intimately connected to the neighbor that may not only not see me, but be projecting a me that is not even close to who I actually am. And I find that the, the least abrasive response is sometimes to just withdraw. But that won't actually solve anything, right? We can't, like, hide behind our screens and hide in our houses forever until this, like, quote-unquote, blows over. In fact, one might say the environment is stacking in such a way to force you to make a choice about the world you want to see when you walk out of your house. I know it's crazy, isn't it? But perception is literally everything. And at a time when perception is everything, where are we perceiving from? memes distorted imagery social media are we able to get alternate forms of information the way we used to meaning cross-pollination of thought because you're with your friends or going to work or you know what i mean like the in the isolation where we can get ideas from in an algorithmic world is like are we getting ideas you'd have to really work you have to be working to cross-pollinate with things that you may not you know choose to consume meaning like let's be honest like i don't like violent films i haven't for years my tolerance of violence is exquisitely low now i'm not going to go seek that out it's trauma-inducing for me i doesn't doesn't it doesn't it's not entertainment for me to watch somebody be in harm um, but so much so that like, no one's going to be sending me advertisements, you know what I mean? Like meaning I can tell that that's not the best metaphor. What I'm trying to say is we can see in areas of our life that like what our preferences are that are completely innocuous and just enjoyable. And like what one person likes to drink coffee and another person likes to drink tea kind of thing. Like, you know, we kind of have slid into an algorithm where we're probably not going to be seeing a lot about the tea If we're a coffee person, we're not going to be seeing a lot about the tea, but that that has slipped over into so many categories of our life that we just don't even really, we're losing our sense of, if we're relying on someone else to tell us what's going on, we can lose our sense of even being able to make the choice to cross-pollinate because we might just be like, this is the only thing. This is the only way that it is. And I don't know what's going on, but I'm pretty sure there isn't just one way. I'm not. I I don't think anyone has the um, the market on that right now. And so, I find it kind of funny that, like, for so many years now, I've actually lost track. In some ways, you know, I think like, oh, I used to, you know, oh, I used to be an English teacher, but that's so long ago now. No one affiliates me with that. I've spent so much time in wellness. that I've gotten used to being on the fringe, you know, like I don't even expect people to eat the way that I eat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean I, I, you know, I, I by far I'm not the cleanest diet at all, but meaning there was a time when I was eating a little off of the norm and I was like sensitive. If people noticed I was having like a green smoothie in a mason jar, I was like, Da, da, da. Now I, it does, I don't even I don't even think about it I don't even think about it, and I'm watching the pendulum of basic body knowledge, learning how to have a relationship with your own body, your own body immunity, knowing the indications of when you are run down, you know, knowing you know how to proactively maintain your like your health, um, because it's winter you know winter i change my diet you know drink more warm fluids up my vitamin c eat more warm things because it's kinder to my body and it helps me stay you know healthier and but more interestingly i'm realizing like body movement body intuition body intelligence meditation practice knowing how to have a relationship with your mind how to clear your mind how to purify your mind how to calm your mind all those fringe things people laughed at a few years ago are becoming critical life skills right now because of the barrage of fear the truth of fear the barrage of uncertainty and the markers of how we created a structure or a balance system have kind of been undermined currently. So it becomes more and more and more and more important to clear your own mind. And I just kind of think that's it's sort of funny because I, I have a circle of friends who are like, oh, now people are asking us questions. And the perception of that f flam of that mindfulnessness was just that, that was, you know that was that outside stuff. And yet now we're being confronted with the preciousness not only of our homeostasis, but of our appraisal of life and how we want to live it and what we think is significant and you know, to take a breath in that shocking sheer blue sky to no matter what is happening with us, that we can look up at the yellow leaves of the apple tree, at the deep glow orange, and and to notice the single bird. And that, you know, yeah, you We may have to break our own hearts, but it isn't nothing to know even one moment alive. What if these fringy, crazy mindfulness people that make themselves available to ancient texts that have helped preserve human consciousness for centuries and brought us amazing realizations that have carried through um, attempts at total destruction and yet they are still maintained. What if you do create your own reality? What if how you decide to see yourself and stand inside of yourself is actually a marked choice that ripples out through the interconnectedness of life what would you be doing differently if you began to witness that the thoughts that you think in the words that you say have a marked effect what would you be doing differently If you are watching something happen that you don't want to come to fruition and you think, well, what can I do? What if you married those two ideas? That how you stand inside of yourself, the thoughts that you allow to, to take root, that's hey, listen, we all got crazy brains. I mean, they're gonna say some stuff. What if we started to cultivate that garden? What if we slow down to relish the smell of ginger and the ruby red neon on the liquor store sign and the warm socks and remember that your mother and her precision was a ceremony as she gathered the white cotton and slipped it over your toes and drew up the heel and turned the cuff. What about that breath? Watching if you're in an area that's turning cold, watching your breath vapor into the ether as you walk across your own muddy yard and the big dipper pouring night down over you and everything you dread all you can't bear dissolves and like a needle slipped into your vein that sudden rush of the world what if we start to slow down on consuming through Through anything, what if we t- turn down the external and turn up the internal voice? What if what if we allow ourselves to know and believe that the answers are inside? What if we give permission to the magic that gave birth to us, that divine spark? that rolling universe of an egg that was lovingly caught and held in a miraculous moment. Just let you sit here and listen to a podcast with all of our disbelief and our frustrations and our fears and just looked at yourself and your hands and your body, your feet, and closed your eyes and you paid attention to your breath and you thought what if there's actually more going on here and what if I started to make choices inside without needing an external confirmation for who knows where my preciousness will be met if it will land in the loving hands of support that sees me clearly or if I if my blessed gift will be dropped, quickly by someone whose eyes are tightly closed and unable to see me standing here? And what if neither person is wrong, but are simply a response of a pulse and each serve us? What if we, how would it feel for you to be able to stand securely and assuredly in yourself, whether you met with the person that receives you or rejects you, and do not let either of them disturb your peace. I think that is the closer invitation to sovereignty. I think that is the Equation, the algorithm for maintaining internal harmony. And the closer the person is that may disrupt your peace, the harder. You know, I I, the, I I recently had that with someone that was close to me. There was a shocking statement, and I literally allowed, probably because I had a moment. How? Because I don't have very many moments, but after our conversation, I actually sat and allowed myself to feel the reverberation of shock in my body. And I thought, wow, what if I did this all the time? If I let the emotion, feel the emotion wave through so that it can move through and be gone. You might have to break your own heart, but it is nothing to feeling that you are alive. So as the world and the perception and the stories quake and quiver and uncertainty rises and you think there is absolutely nothing I can do, I am powerless, what if you're not? But what if the first step into seeing the truth is your belief and faith in yourself? You really don't have anything to lose. Maybe yourself. But you're not going to let that happen. Thanks for listening. thank you so much for listening. Leave me a direct message. Tell me what your story is. Tell me the success that you create for yourself in changing your perception on your own power. If you enjoy listening to Rebirth, help support our stories by liking, subscribing, or sharing with a friend. Thanks for listening.